Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. Think Woodstock, and your mind probably turns to the 1969 music festival that crowned a seismic decade of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But the town of Woodstock, New York, the original planned venue for the concert, is located over 60 miles from the site to which the fabled half a million flocked long before the landmark music festival usurped the name Woodstock, the tiny Catskills town where Bob Dylan holed up after his infamous 1966 motorcycle accident, was already a key location in the 60s rock landscape. Noted author Barney Hoskins in his new book, Small Town Talk, recreates Woodstock's community of brilliant musicians, scheming dealers, and opportunistic hippie capitalists drawn to the area by Dylan and his sidekicks from the band. Central to the book's narrative is the brooding, powerful presence of Albert Grossman, who managed both Bob Dylan and the band, along with Janis Joplin, Paul Butterfield, and Todd Rundgren. Intertwined in the story are the Woodstock experiences and associations of artists as diverse as Van Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Tim Harden, and Bobby Charles. I began my interview with author Barney Hoskins by asking him why he focused on the city of Woodstock for his new book. Well, I think the, um, the, the simple answer is that I lived there uh, for about four years in the 90s, the second half of the 90s. Um, and my youngest son was actually born there. So so um, while I was there corresponding for Mojo magazine, you know, I started to get a sense that this town was, this was an incredible story, really. And, and over the subsequent years, as more and more, you know, books and documentaries about the Woodstock Festival have come out, you know, I've just found myself thinking, well, you know, hang on a minute. That lasted for three days. The story of this town lasted for, well, it's still going on, but the, the real kind of meat of, of the story is like at least a quarter of a century in which everyone from, you know, Dylan to Hendrix and Joplin, the band, Todd Rundgren, Van Morrison, you know, the list is almost endless. It's this incredible roster of super talented crazy people either living up there or spending time up there amazing records coming out of there and just what the town represented for the counterculture and i just thought this is this is a story that just needs to be told you know it's it's one of the last great untold rock and roll stories so did woodstock become this 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 arts mecca once bob dylan and albert grossman moved up there there, there are a lot of other artists before those two guys right Indeed, and you put your finger on it because it was already an art mecca and had been for, oh, let's see, at least 60 years huh. at the point that Dylan first visits Peter Yarrow in 1963. You know, it had already been settled by artists, uh, craftsmen. There were two very important art colonies settled in the early 20th century. So. Uh, the setting was really propitious. It was really hospitable to, you know, let's just say kind of bohemians. It was a, t a small town where, you know, blue-collar farmers could rub along reasonably harmoniously with zany people from Greenwich Village. 
and and you know it still is to some extent although the the proportion of second home owners new yorkers with weekend homes has you know perhaps inevitably uh risen considerably now and that that's changed the flavor the demographic of the place and and this i think there's some sadness attached to that but there's still a lot of musicians up there and a lot of musicians who who can't afford to live down here in the city anymore who've moved out to woodstock or around woodstock there's a bit of a renaissance there so you know that that essential character of the place hasn't changed that fundamentally in over a hundred years. Mm. What, what did Bob Dylan find in Woodstock that he, that he couldn't find in, in New York City? I think he found, um, it, for him it was a sanctuary. Uh, it was a place where he could escape the attention that was sort of foisted on him here in, in the city and elsewhere. Um, it was a small town where the locals just treated him like they treated any of the other artists, painters, sculptors, actors who lived up there. You know, he could sit in the Cafe Espresso on Tinker Street and people were like playing chess or reading the New York Times and people really wouldn't bother him. That changed. But for a little period there... This was a place where people left him alone, and he really needed that, as anyone would. I'm fascinated to hear about talents who, who I'm huge fans of, but perhaps are not as well known to some folks. People like Fred Neal, and especially John Martin worked there in Woodstock, and, and uh, who else am I thinking of? Tim Harden, too. How, how much time did you spend doing this research? A lot of these, uh, I didn't know about a lot of these folks being in Woodstock, Barney. Well, you know, some of them, Martin, I didn't know about until I really started delving deep into the into the history. You know, I didn't know uh, I didn't know that Fred Neal had a cabin up there. I didn't know that Karen Dalton, mm. uh, who I think is an extraordinary figure, and I, I'm, some of your listeners won't even be familiar with her name. But suffice to say that when Dylan first moved to Greenwich Village. He said that Karen Dalton was his favorite singer in the place. Right. She was this, she was this amazing... Anyway, so she lived for many years up there, was based up there, and, and indeed died very near Woodstock. Um, so, you know, uh, how I, 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 I did a, a great deal of research on this, to be honest. I mean, it, it really it was a, a labor of considerable love, and I talked to as many people as, as I could, um, Dylan, I didn't get to. Uh, big surprise. <laughs> Van Morrison, I did get to. I was, I was, you know, it was a huge thrill for me to talk to Van about his Woodstock period. I mean, everyone sort of wanted to find something. Mostly, it was what Bob found up there. We want some of that. And I think when the band's first album, Music from Big Pink, came out in 1968, that really got got people's attention you know all over the world it was suddenly like wow what is this music you know it's it's sort of you know it's not cream it's not the Jimi hendrix experience it's not the jefferson airplane it's sort of this extraordinary you know but it's not country music it's not quite folk music it's not what is it you know and i guess what we'd say now is well it's it's a sort of proto-americana it's it's everything that it's the roots of that sound that everybody kind of wants to tap into to this day. 
Boy, being there at the time, though, it, it really threw us. I, I didn't understand this a lot of this music at the time. Like after, after Bob putting out, you know, Highway 61 and Blonde on Blonde, at first it was, what? what? This sounds so, what's happening here, you know? But as usual, he was, he was ahead of everyone else, right? You know, it took us a while to catch up. I think so. You know, I mean, John Wesley Harding is such an extraordinary record. You know, that's, it's not recorded in Woodstock. It's recorded in Nashville, but it's, it's born in Woodstock. It's written in Woodstock. And it's so profoundly different, obviously, from, you know, Blonde on Blonde and from the electric tours. And I, it just mystified people. And then, and then he does a country album. I mean, this is the guy that kick-started the whole hippie revolution, and he's making a country record. I mean, it was it just non-plus people. I mean, they're some of my favorite Dylan records, I have to say. And, um, you know, they're indicative of the fact that that Dylan... Uh, it, Woodstock changed Dylan, I think, just as Dylan changed Woodstock. And by the time he left there, you know, he was a very different character to the, the guy who made Highway 61 Revisited. I mean, that is a, that's an understatement. Thanks for listening to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers and our interview with author Barney Hoskins about his new book, Small Town Talk. Bob Dylan, the band, Van Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and friends in the wild years of Woodstock. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library. I